Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, which you can find at cinematicmultiverse.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to help bridge the gap between our Captain America The First Avenger and Superman 2 episodes. I'll be giving you my reactions to the comics that Seb and James recommended on the Captain America podcast, which were both Captain America Comics number 1 and Captain America issues 1 through 6 uh, from the start of Volume 5, which are... Uh, titled Out of Time. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past few weeks. Um, And we're going to start with a bunch of X-Men stuff because um, we got the second and final trailer for Logan. Uh, We found out in that trailer that the movie takes place in 2029, uh, six years after the end of Days of Future Past. Um, So six years after that kind of flash forward at the end of the film uh, to Wolverine waking back up in the new altered timeline um, there's lots of X-23 shredding grown men to pieces um, and uh, there are X-Men comics in there, uh, freshly drawn X-Men comics, especially especially for the trailer, so this is a world now in which X-Men comics exist um, Logan looks pretty good but we don't have to wait too long to see whether that's right or not um, because that will be out next month. Um, there is a rumour that the new X-Men movie, the main title X-Men movie, will be called X-Men Supernova. So um, if that is the case, it suggests heading out into space. Um, but who knows who the cast of that movie could be, um, because Jennifer Lawrence seems pretty sure she's not coming back. It looks like James McAvoy is moving over to the New Mutants movie, and... Um, it could be a whole new team, or it could be uh, people from before, or it might not be happening whatsoever. Um, meanwhile, Deadpool 2 has confirmed that the characters of Colossus, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, and Dopinda, the taxi driver, are all coming back for Deadpool 2. Um, that film is uh, is probably the one that <laughs> most of Fox's hopes are being built around right now, given that that was the big surprise hit last year. And, um, you know, got some unexpected Oscar buzz as well. There are also rumours that the X-Force movie is going to be kind of building out of Deadpool. Um, We'll we'll have to wait and see for that. Um, And still no news on casting for Cable and Domino. But I would hazard a guess that we're probably not too far away from that. Um, We'll stick with 
the X-Men stuff just for um, a little bit. Um, Channing Tatum has been confirmed has still been attached to the standalone Gambit X-Men movie. Um, that's according to the producer Lauren Shula Donner. Um, but she was also perhaps more interestingly, because this is something that is happening and is coming soon. Uh, she was talking about Legion and she was saying that Legion is going to be mining X-Men characters um, or is going to be mining the X-Men universe for characters that they have no intention of using in the feature films, um, which basically sounds like all superhero TV shows. But it's refreshing that Lauren Shula Donner has come um, straight out and said that. Um, we'll move on over to Marvel now, and we got an official uh, synopsis for Thor Ragnarok, um, and given that we have been speculating about the plot of this movie quite a bit on the podcast, I thought I'd just read it out in full. So, in Marvel Studios' Thor Ragnarok, Thor is imprisoned on the other side of the universe without his mighty hammer, and finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard and to stop Ragnarok, the destruction of his homeworld and the end of Asgardian civilization. At the hands of an all-powerful new threat, the Ruthless Healer. But first he must survive a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against his former ally and fellow Avenger, the Incredible Hulk. Um, so a lot of that is in line with what we were assuming. What isn't clear is where the Earth-set sequences fit into things. I still think they are going to be um, before the Planet Hulk stuff. Um, I But it, they could fit after, based on that synopsis as well. Um but there's a lot to look forward to with Thor Ragnarok um, because Taika Waititi is um, a very funny, very talented director and um, I just feel like the, the the shaking up of the Thor franchise is probably something that was due after Dark World. So fingers crossed on Thor Ragnarok also coming this year. Um, not coming this year, but in the future is uh, Infinity War, which is... Um, adding Peter Dinklage to his cast, which is pretty exciting. Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage is great. Um, I think we can all agree on that. Um, we don't know who he's playing yet. That hasn't been announced, but I will be quizzing Seven James about that on the podcast that you'll probably be hearing just a couple of days after this. So um, I'll leave us on a little cliffhanger there. Um, also Marvel, Sterling K. Brown, um, who starred in the People vs. O.J. Simpson this year and is currently in uh, This Is Us. Um, he's uh, he's a hot property right now and he has been added to the Black Panther cast. Um, and also in an interview, he revealed that Felicia Rashad has been, um, is, is part of the cast as well. Um, he's also been talking about how he'd like to play the Jon Stewart Green Lantern, um, which... You know, given uh, actors hopping between different film franchises nowadays, especially superhero film franchises, Peter Dinklage, of course, was an X-Men villain not long ago, um, doesn't seem out of the question if Sterling K. Brown can keep up this um, this ascent to fame he's having. Um, I should mention on Green Lantern, there is a wish list out there on the internet of, um, of cast members to play the Green Lantern Corps members. Um, that didn't include Sterling K. Brown, but it included basically every A-list actor in the world right now, um, including Ryan Reynolds, um, a suggestion that they might want him to come and reprise his Green Lantern role as Hal Jordan. Um, I don't think there's much to it. It seems like a wish list and something um, that we should we should take with a grain of salt. And so I won't run through all of the names on there, um, although Tom Cruise was one, which sounds nuts. Um, still with Marvel though, Miles Morales has been confirmed as the lead of the animated Spider-Man film. That's good news. Um, and uh, now we'll flip to DC because DC are splitting Shazam into two movies. Um, 
or at least they say they are doing. Whether we end up seeing them both, who knows, but of course The Rock is still attached to play Black Adam, and the uh, latest news is that uh, Black Adam is going to get his own film, and there will also be a Shazam, a Shazam film, um, possibly leading into a movie where they share the screen. Um, I would be a lot more confident about any film with The Rock attached actually happen actually happening than a movie called Shazam with now no rock attached actually happening so um maybe maybe if you're i don't know if you're if you're investing stocks in the in the dc franchise i i would back black adam to get to the screen before shazam um and shazam maybe not at all um and also over the course of the past month there's been lots of confusion about what's happening with the batman movie and all i can say is if ben affleck doesn't know then i don't know either and i don't think anyone does it's going to happen it will be released um but it sounds like ben affleck's not in a huge rush and that maybe um it's not the best thing for him to be talking about it publicly right now because it doesn't sound like any plans are set as to when that film is going to be ready to be filmed and released um, and away from Marvel and DC, um, you can probably put this in pipe dream territory again, but Guillermo del Toro has been teasing fans about a Hellboy 3 happening. Um, he polled fans on his Twitter feed as to whether they would like to see the film, which of course they would, and he said that he would promise to sit down with Ron Perlman and Mike Mignola to discuss it. Um, I would say kickstart that, you know? <laughs> if you can't get the money together, there are fans who would probably want to pay for it, um... Maybe it has to be a lot a lot cheaper this time around. I'd imagine it probably has to be whoever finances that movie. Um, but in all likelihood, this is probably another movie to add to the list of films that aren't happening. Um, but I think on Cinematic Universe, we'd all like to see that trilogy concluded because it has been spoken about as a trilogy so many times. So we'll see whether Ron and Mike and Guillermo can get that done. Um, but that's it for this week's news. So we'll move on to this week's comic book recommendations. And I think I'll probably start chronologically with these, although this is not the order in which I read them. Um, and we'll start with Captain America Comics, issue one, um, written and drawn by Jack Kirby, um, a comic from all the way back in 1941. And uh, what a week to read this. The uh, comic that features Captain America punching a Nazi. Um, you know, we, we couldn't have timed this any better. Um, so, yeah. Captain America punching Adolf Hitler on the front of the comic. You've seen this before. Um, the design of the front cover is pretty iconic, and I know it's be it's one of these um, Marvel covers that has been uh, kind of uh, parodied or re repeated a lot of times. I I certainly saw there was a Captain America anniversary issue last year that was kind of riffing on the design of this, um, and. It will look familiar if you're vaguely interested in comics. It will look familiar to you if you uh, if you see it, um, even with a creepy Bucky grinning at you from <laughs> right at the front of the frame. Um, and this is um, I was uh, surprised by the format of this. Um, I guess this is this might be more um, apt for comics of this era. But I don't think I've read any like classic Golden Age comics before. I think like I've read Stan Lee, Steve Ditko stuff. I've never got this far back in in marvel um and so this is kind of a bunch of short stories thrown together um the first one is about captain america becoming captain america um and it's kind of like the the most basic version of the uh of 
the origin of a character that you could imagine. So there is the army saying we need this, you know, we need this new weapon, and they go, oh, we've got this serum. But let's let's um, let's inject it into this guy. There's not a big deal made about Steve Rogers being weedy or anything like that or small. It's just suggested that he failed his medical, but that he's the right he's the right sort um, in every other department. So they. Uh, inject this thing into him he doesn't go into like a booth like he does in the movie or anything like that they just inject him and then suddenly he transforms and he's big and muscly and then a nazi shoots the vial um containing the liquid and shoots the scientist and then captain america runs after them and um that's just about it but i mean captain america is then captain america and then bucky just happens to walk into his uh into his tent at army camp and see that Steve Rogers is Captain America and then they decide to be sidekicks. Um, so that's that's the origin. It's, it's very, very basic as I imagine probably a lot of um, origins are on the page. I've heard that they're all kind of two, three page origins for most, for most characters that were created um, back in this era. And yeah, that's about it. And so Captain America is now going to go off and fight Nazis. The surprising thing to me was um, that he in the following stories he goes off and f- on to fight Nazis, but none of them seem to be like on the battlefield or like in any kind of like recognizable war setting. Most of them seem to be just caps hanging around and just how the, there happens to be a Nazi there. And so the thing that he's investigating will normally turn out to be a Nazi. Um, yeah. Um, apart from that, I think it's pretty interesting that the costume is pretty much as it is today, as far as I can tell. The only difference being the shield is a different shape, and um, I, I, you know, I think it was on the DVD extras from uh, the Captain America DVD that I found out that I, that only lasted one issue anyway, uh, because of some kind of copyright thing, um, and the shield became circular after that. But I mean, otherwise, he's got the the the. the mask with the a on the front and the wings on the side he's got the big star in the middle of his chest it's blue chainmail. he's got the stars and stripes down his torso red boots blue trousers red gloves white arms it's it's it looks just about you know what every version of captain america i've ever seen so there's no kind of revision here it's just an instantly an instantly successful costume i guess um but yeah, so in the rest of the stories, um, there's <laughs> the first one is called Case Number Two. I'm now reading this back from a Wikipedia page to uh, jog my memory because a lot of these did blur into one. Um, but the first story is um, about some kind of psychics that are stage performers who keep predicting disasters. I'm not sure why they keep predicting these disasters because all it does is draw attention to them, which brings Captain America who figures out that they're Nazis who are doing the disasters themselves. So their psychic, their fake psychic act seems ill-advised, um, but Captain America finds out they're Nazis and um, he defeats them. Uh, there's a bomb at some point, which <laughs> says here, Bucky throws the bomb through a window, which is a, you know, that's a success as far as I'm concerned. Um, there's also a character called Betsy Ross who they encounter here. Um, who apparently, um, this was just, again, through Googling, through the Golden Age, would become a character called Golden Girl. Um, uh, and also was known as Agent X-13. 
Um, so I was I was wondering whether she was going to be like the uh, Peggy Carter of this, but again, again, I know that Peggy Carter is kind of in the movie uh, a byproduct of Sharon Carter existing. Um, but she she seemed like a character, given that she was named, uh, that would continue turning up. I just had to make sure as well that she wasn't Betty Ross. That would have been um, extremely con- uh, confusing. Um, there was an, an, an issue called the Chessboard of Death, or a or a story called the Chessboard of Death. Um, and this was weird. There was a guy who looked slightly, um, I don't know, slightly like a monkey. I would say I couldn't tell whether he was supposed to be some kind of weird, like animal human hybrid, or whether this was just he looks odd because he's a Nazi. Uh, but he had a chessboard and then uh, would like take out pieces on the chessboard and then they would die in real life. Um, and so Stephen Bucky, of course, um, suits up and goes to investigate things. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it turns out that this guy is also a Nazi and he's murdering um, military people. And again, Cap and Bucky kind of uh, kind of take him out. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to jog my memory. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. ...to see whether there's anything more to it than that, but I don't think there was, and there isn't in many of these. Um, the most interesting one, um, at least from my perspective, was a story called The Riddle of the Red Skull. And I know what you're thinking here. This is the first issue with the Red Skull in it. It's the first appearance of the Red Skull in Marvel. Yeah, but not that Red Skull. Um, so there's another Red Skull. Um, this guy is a guy who, um, yes, is a Nazi. He is a Nazi. Um, but there's, he is murdering people again. Um, he, and he has this thing called like the Death Stare, or I think he says, "Look at me and see death." And um, they stare at the Red Skull and then they die. And so you're like, whoa, so he's got superpowers, right? Um, but again, um, Steve and Bucky investigate. In fact, on most, in most of these comics, Bucky decides to go off and investigate on, it, on his own first, is captured. Um, they decide not to kill him for some reason. They normally decide just to, like, 
uh, threaten Bucky until Captain America has time to turn up, save Bucky because Bucky is useless, um, and then they will both punch Nazis together. Um, the twist here is that Red Skull does not have superpowers. He has been um, injecting something into their arms with a hypodermic needle as he kills them. Uh, so he's kind of staring into their eyes, but injecting them with this needle, and that's what's been killing them. Um, so he's actually a guy called George Maxson as well. So he's not the Red Skull. He is a guy wearing a Red Skull mask. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> not sure why um, that. That he has the red skull on. Uh, I think it might be maybe that he was a good villain and that they decided, because he is in these comics, the standout villain. I think maybe they thought, oh, he was the best villain in that first issue. Oh, God, we killed him off. What do we do? Just bring back another guy called the Red Skull, give him a new origin? Sure, fine. Because, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a scary, creepy character design and um, he's, uh, he's believable as a scary Nazi. Um, these comics really do feel like they are written for kids. Um, they're they're throwaway and pleasant enough. Um, and uh, they they remind me of kind of old Beano comics I used to read when I was a kid. Because as well as reading Beanos, I used to get like old annuals of Beano stuff as well that was from decades ago. Um, and it feels like that kind of that kind of vibe that they are written for a for a younger audience. Um. I think I think I did like the stuff that is in George was the stuff that I liked most about this. I liked the way Captain America looked. I liked how simple the origin was. I liked the Red Skull as a villain, um, and I didn't find this as tough a read as I found a lot of Stanley stuff. Like it didn't take me too long to get through this issue, which is like a a bumper size issue. Um, in fact, it says on the front, forty five thrilling pages of Captain America plus other great features. Um, I didn't read other great features, just Captain America. Um, yeah, it it wasn't that much of a slog to get through. It was it was pretty fun. Um, I'm glad I read it, which I haven't always been for some of these older Marvel comics, because I can't tell you what a slog I found the Nick Fury stuff, um, which I know will be sacrilege to some people, but I really did. Um, and so I'm I I'm not lying when I say that this was a, a fairly easy read. Um, it was a nice enjoy enjoyable little jaunt through the history of Captain America. I'm not sure I'd be desperate to read issue two or anything like that, but this was this was fun for some for some context on this character. Um, so I'm not as mad at James for recommending it as as I was at the time, or maybe I, I guess mad's the wrong word. I was just intimidated. James gave it a he gave it a tough sell. He really did. Um, <laughs> but I'll move on to uh, Seb's recommendation now, which is Out of Time, uh, the first six issues of Captain America Volume Five. Um, from Ed Brubaker and Steve Etting, and uh, yeah, this is um, this is the best Captain America I've read. Uh, full stop. This was great, um, and to the point where I nearly ignored Seb's wishes and read issue seven, um, but I thought I probably shouldn't. I should probably focus on putting the minisode out into the world eventually, rather than continuing to read comics. Um, but yeah, this is really really good um it's it's the first six issues of brubaker's run on captain america and from scrolling through um on 
uh, Marvel Unlimited. It looks like they maybe did about 50 or 60 issues in total, so um, a good few years. And, um, and yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed this. The It was very easy to sink into because I'd read, read Velvet already, and um, I had a kind of a, a sense of what, of what Brubaker and Epsing do, what the pace of their stories is. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was very easy to, to read and work, work my way through. Um, it's got some fantastic stuff in there. Just, I mean, the, the vibe of the comic is kind of noirish, paranoid conspiracy kind of stuff. You can see how Captain America, the Winter Soldier was a movie that came out of this kind of, this inspired stuff and you can see why the Russo's would want to go off and watch stuff like uh, the parallax view to to adapt this kind of story and it's not it's not a direct ed- adaptation by any means um but it's it's got that it's got that similar vibe and you and uh and yeah you can you can certainly draw the parallels between the two um i think what i really liked about this as well was that it tre- it, it it was working with a lot of Captain America history which I don't have it was bringing up characters that I didn't really or that I'd never encountered before um so uh there's a character called Jack Monroe who shows up uh who is um I think was one of the original Bucky's they uh explain uh not Bucky Bucky but when Seven James were talking about the different versions of Captain America on our podcast last week the kind of the ones that existed between steve rogers on the pages that kind of got retconned into retconned into steve rogers captain america history um he was he was one of those buckies um so there's nomad and there is um obviously this is a comic um you know spoiler alert for captain america the winter soldier um but if you don't know the winter soldier is bucky yet um congratulations um <laughs> But so this is a comic that is dealing with Captain America's history. It's dealing with the fact that Bucky Barnes is about to come back as the Winter Soldier, who is a Russian hired assassin who is going to be in opposite in opposition to our hero. So it kind of it has to be treading in that Captain America history. And it does an awful lot of it. It's Captain America currently uh, constantly flashing back to um, what happened back in the back in the 40s when he was hanging around with Bucky but also being under the impression that his dreams are being manipulated or his memories are being manipulated because this is a story that has a cosmic cube in it um again having a little bit of Captain America context helped because I know that current Captain America has has his reality altered that's why he thinks he's a Nazi or yeah or reality has changed to make him be a Nazi this is current 2016 or 2017 i guess now comic steve rogers um and that that's all down to a cosmic cube and so the cosmic cube could be doing stuff here that's messing with his memories um but i guess what i'm trying to say here is that i never felt behind the comic which i do sometimes reading marvel stuff i do sometimes feel like oh would this be more enjoyable or would I understand what's going on more if I had been reading this character for 20 years or if I was, you know, James or Seb level invested in a, in a character or a comic? Um, here I didn't. Here I felt like the story stopped to explain everything and it was the fact that there was some confusion as to what actually happened. Uh, because, like, Captain America can't remember fully what happened to him and Bucky just before Bucky died and just before he was frozen um so there's 
there's that i kind of felt like i was with captain america that i was learning stuff with him um and discovering stuff about the story along the way and obviously i knew this was leading to the reveal that bucky was the winter soldier so i couldn't really um i couldn't really be I couldn't really remove that context and that knowledge from it. Um, having said that, it it felt like I mean I was reading some of the letters pages in the back, which are included in Marvel Unlimited, and just a couple of people kind of trying to guess at who the Winter Soldier is, and they they were talking about like oh well his cybernetic arm maybe it's Deathlock or this or that, and um, and so I thought that probably while I could see the the breadcrumbs leading you in the direction of it being Bucky and because Bucky is so much on Captain America's mind throughout this and because a different version of Bucky is in it briefly um, you can you can see where it's you can see the breadcrumbs there uh, but you can also see how reading it for the first time it might still have come as a shock um, I don't think I still don't think this was a comic that I particularly loved the character of Captain America in uh, there's a suggestion that he's kind of um, a little bit angry um, as a character right now and that maybe he's taking things a little bit too far and I don't know whether that's maybe Ed Brubaker commenting on the use of the character before that in the comics that might be the case um, and this might be like a like him slowly turning the character into a version that he wanted to write um, but that's certainly that that's certainly there and it it, it did make me it did make me. It did make it difficult for me to warm to Steve Rogers. So I'm still, I'm still in the camp of I haven't read a version of this character that I like in the way that I like him in the movies. Um, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't a barrier to enjoying the comics. Um, there's, there's, a, there's. I'm not sure there really is any particular character to latch onto. I mean, Sharon Carter's around. Nick Fury's around. Um, and that's. Uh, I mean, they're all kind of, they're all kind of just like military suits, or just they I, I don't know. I, I, they're not particularly interesting characters to me, um, in and of themselves. And so I think what that has to say, the fact that I enjoyed this, all comes down to the story, um, and the art, um, but because I, I know I like, I know I like this already. So uh, I, I like the Steve acting art already, and. I liked the the kind of the moodiness of the comic. Everything feels like it's in shadow and grey, and that there is, you know, there is there's that this is a murky world with uh, betrayals and uh, unpleasant going on, goings on, and uh, you know, like dirty deals everywhere. It's it's got that vibe to it. It's got that paranoid thriller vibe, and um, even knowing where the story was heading. I was hooked and um, particularly I mean the first issue you know it is an absolute uh, knock out of the park issue because you are watching Captain America um, who, who is uh, investigating the Red Skull uh, the Red Skull is about to orchestrate a terrorist attack um, because he's got this he's got the cosmic cube and to power the cosmic cube he needs death uh, so he's going to set off three um, weapons of mass destruction uh, in, I think, I think New, uh, New York, Paris, and London. Uh, I could have made that up, but that's that's what I think. Um, and uh, Cap is investigating this, but we're also flashing to the Red Skull, and Red Skull's uh, having arguments with a Russian guy on the phone, 
and the issue ends with the Winter Soldier assassinating the Red Skull. Uh, and that's something I didn't see coming. I didn't know that was going to happen. We get a, we get a full-on death, the murder of the Red Skull. Um, and presumably it was semi-permanent at the time. I don't know how quickly the Red Skull back. Obviously obviously he he's back in comics now. Um, but yeah, so the Red, the Red Skull's murdered and it completely throws you off your feet at the end of the first issue. I mean, because I knew this was the Winter Soldier... Uh, but I thought that the Red Skull might be tied into him in a way more intimately in the comics than he is yeah, well, in any way in the films. Uh, but no, Red Skull gone down, um, and it it kind of it's it sets the tone for the issues. Um, and yeah, this is this really was one that not only I mean sometimes I read comics on here and go I'd quite like to go further if I had the time. This was one that I wanted to start reading issue seven as soon as I'd read the end of issue six. Um, I flew through these just like reading in bed one evening. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm massively keen on Ed Brubaker's um, Ed Brubaker's stuff here. I'm sure he's probably not this good all the time, but this is this is a run that a lot of people talk about his Captain America stuff. Um, and I'd be tempted just to blast through it on Marvel Unlimited and uh, and read his entire story. Um, so yeah, a, a very big recommendation for Out of Time and. Um, uh, yeah, I would also recommend Captain America Comics 1 um, for a little bit of a history lesson. And like I say, it's there on Marvel Unlimited. Um, it's fairly easily accessible. And um, if you're just curious, I would say read that. I would agree with James. It's kind of interesting for hi historical context. Um, and maybe you don't even need to read them all. Just read the first uh, the first story and the Red Skull story because they're the best two. Uh, so yeah, thumbs up for the Captain America stuff this week, um, and uh, it hopefully won't be too long until we're back with another mini-sode, because our Superman 2 episode is uh, literally days away, so you, you won't have to wait a full week for that, that will be with you very soon. Um, but that's it for this week's show. If you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast app of choice, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cinematicuniverse. You can find more episodes of the show at cinematicmultiverse.com. Get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter, at CU underscore podcast. Or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of days. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.